This week's parsha is Parsha's Kisavai. At the beginning of the second aliyah of the parsha, we have what's called the parsha of Vidoy Meiser. Vidoy Meiser is a, uh, a parsha that after the three year cycle of Meiser, which repeats itself twice every Shemitah cycle, that is that on the first and second years, of the cycle, you have Maiserishan and Maisersheni. Maiserishan is what you give to a Levi. Maisersheni is what you take up to your Shalayim. The third year is Maiserishan and Maiseran. You give to Aniyim. The poor people get Maiser. After that three-year cycle, on the fourth year, on the last day of Pesach, you go into the Beis Hamikdash, preferably. And you have a declaration before HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And this is called, whatever you're about to declare, which we'll say in a second what the declaration is, is called in the Lashon of Chazal. In the Mishnah at the end of Meseches Maiser Sheni, which is one of those Mishnayas in Zra'im, we call it Vidoy Maiser. Vidoy Meiser is a confessional that you do regarding Meiser. As soon as we hear the word confession, Vidoy, we automatically assume, and correctly so, that it's talking about what we did wrong. When you have a confession, I confess to the Rabbi Shalom on Yom Kippur, we do it ten times. It's a terrible admission of guilt, admission of sin. That's the definition of confession. And so you would expect, if I describe that you're going into the Beis HaMikdash and you're performing something called Vidoy Meiser, you would expect that the person coming in says, I blew it, I messed up, these Meisers made me crazy. My Sarishan, my Sarani, my Sir Levi, my Sir Shani, my Sir this, my Sir that. I don't, you know, I probably got it all wrong. I messed up. I'm sorry. If you look in the actual parsha, it could not be more opposite. It's a beautiful declaration that this person is making. We'll just go through it very quickly if you want to see. The Rashi is on it. Rashi brings basically word for word the Mishnah at the end of the Mishnahis at the end of Maiser Sheni, which tells step by step everything in his declaration what it means. Listen to what he says. At the seum of this three year cycle, you gave all of your Maiser to the Levi, to the Ger, to the Yasim, to the Almana. You ate Maiser Sheni properly in your Shalayim. And now you come before HaKadosh Baruch Hu in the Mikdash and you say, I have removed the holy things from the house. I did beer. We're not going to get into all of the halachic ramifications over here, what these things mean. But just, just to give you a little bit of a, of a glance, of a taste, of a glimpse into what this person is saying, I gave to the Levi, to the Ger, to the Yosem, to the Almana, 
kechol mitzvascha asher tzivisani, all the mitzvahs that you commanded me to do, loyavarti, mi mitzvaisecha, v'loyashachachti, I haven't transgressed any of your commands. These are not simple commandments, by the way. This isn't just saying, you know, I, uh, you know, I, did, I put on a pair of tzitzes this morning. There are a lot of halachas, a lot of very finely detailed halachas with a lot of sifkatans in these laws of maestras. You have to know exactly what you're doing. This is not easy. You have to take produce and you have to be mafreshit and you have to know how much to give and how to give it what to do with it? I didn't eat any of it in the state of Aninos. When a person loses a karub, a close relative, he's called an Ainin, you're not allowed to eat it during that time. I didn't do that. And I have not consumed it in a state of Toma. I didn't give it for the needs of the dead. I didn't buy tachrichim with the money, with the proceeds of Meiser. Shamati b'kail Hashem alaykai. I listened to the voice of Hashem. Asisi k'chol asher tzivisani. I did everything. I did everything that I was supposed to do. Everything that you commanded me to the kutzah shal yod, I did. And then he continues and he says, Now look down from your heavenly abode, your holy abode in heaven. And bless the land, bless your people. The land that's flowing with milk and honey. But I did everything. If you look in Rashi, Samachta v'simachti by, I was happy in my heart when I was doing all these mitzvahs, when I ate the maestras that I was supposed to eat, when I gave the maestras to other people, I did it with a full heart, with a happy heart, I was misameach others, all of the people in society that are oppressed and depressed, I gave to them, I made them happy, I put a smile on their face, I did everything that you commanded me, and now, you bless us, because look at what we did for you. This is a remarkable declaration. This ain't no vidui. Call it whatever you want. Call it a hachraza, call it an amira, call it a dibor, call it a... Uh, Perfection. Call it what you want, but the last thing that I would entitle this chapter as is Vidoy Meiser. Vidoy? This is Vidoy. My Vidoy should look like this Vidoy. My Vidoy by Neila should look like this Vidoy. I did everything perfectly. This is Vidoy. I'm not, this is not my question. This is a question that all the Mepharshim scramble with. They try to, you know, figure out different explanations. And there's predictable explanations that perhaps what we call Vidoy is not really, what we assume is Vidoy is not really Vidoy. Vidoy doesn't mean confession, it means a declaration. Other people go with a different Mahalach. The Sepharna has a Mahalach, which we're not going to go into. The Chinuch has a Mahalach. But this is obviously a very, very basic, fundamental, and 
very perplexing problem. It's one that kept me up many nights this week thinking about. And after a lot of analysis, this is what I came up with. And maybe you could think of your own shatim and I'd love to hear them. It's the end of the year now, and we all learned, hopefully, Bava Metziah, and we sort of know it. I don't think we know it great. We know it. We know it enough to make a siyam. And so, you know, I invite maybe some friends, some family, and we're going to make a seam in this room. And I get my Reisman brownies, and I get some potato chips and some soda. I don't think it's like a big deal. I just want to make a seam. Do I know it a thousand percent? No. Am I prepared to take a fahar on it? No. But I can make a seam. I think we've all been in that boat, right? We make a seam. want to make a seam. I don't think I know it perfectly, but... You know, there's an issue, there's an Indian, a nice thing to make a siyam. We make a siyam and we get away with it. Did I learn every Rashi? No. Did I maybe skip a blot here or a blot there, or a couple lines here and there? A parak, maybe, a half a parak, maybe, but we're making a siyam. The day of the siyam comes and it's after Meir, they give a clap. It's a siyam being made. In that room, and I'm happy, you know, my friends are coming, and, you know, some family members, and sitting in the room, I'm about to say, Hadron Allah Masechus Bava And all of a sudden, into the room, walks Reb Chaim Kanievsky. And Reb Chaim Kanievsky, you know, he has eyes. If you ever see Reb Chaim's eyes, he has eyes that can look right through you. And he, they do. Everyone's like running in Eretz Israel to go see Reb Chaim Kanesi. I'm running the opposite direction because I'm scared of Reb Chaim. Because I don't want to be Mavatul as Tyra. But besides for that, they say crazy stories about Reb Chaim. Reb Chaim is able to, you know, somebody comes to Reb Chaim and like says, I have certain issues. And Reb Chaim's like looking at his forehead. He says, I got a lot of tzaras, I don't know what to do. And Reb Chaim's like staring at his forehead and he says, you're not makbid on, on, uh, on, on tarfus. You're eating nebelos and trefus. Anyway, they did some research and sure enough, he was taking some medication that had you know, some, some tarfus in it. And they asked him, how did you know that? He says, I saw like a cow on your forehead. If I was really entrepreneurial, I would stand outside of Chaim's house and sell like ski masks for people to wear when you go into Reb Chaim. He could see right through you. He knows what you're doing. He knows everything that you're doing. He knows everything that you're not doing. Reb Chaim's son, just to give you an understanding of who we're talking about, if you think that this is hyperbole, and I hope my wife is Michael me for telling this, but when we were married, we were married about three and a half years and we didn't have a child, and it was very difficult should never know from it. It seems like a silly tzara to have, but it's when everybody else is having, you know, making brisin and shalom zachers and this and that. It's a, it's, it's not so easy. And three and a half years is an eternity then. And we heard that a Friday we were living in Flappish. Friday night, Reb Chaim Kanievsky's son, 
the young man at the time, today is considerably older, going back, you know, my son, or whatever, I don't want to give away the punchline, but um, the Chaim uh, Kanevsky's son was, was speaking in a shul in Flatbush about a mile away. And it was a frigid winter night in Flatbush. And I was going to go, you know, I was going to, you know, go get a bracha from him. And then, like, it got cold. You know what happens. You know, Friday night, you're invited to a Shalom Zacher. And by the end of the night, you don't go. And my wife says, no, you should go because we need the bracha. So I put on my coat, my boots, snow, walked a mile, maybe further, to a, some shtibol, and he was speaking, or he was there. And after he was finished talking, I went over to him, and I told him, I told him my name, and I said, you know, we've been married a number of years, and we need a bracha. He says, no, you don't. I said, no, 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 I really do. It's, it's you know, Shalom Zachers, and whatever, Briston, it's hard. He said, no, no, you don't need a bracha. So I came home, I told my wife, you know, and, uh, and sure enough, she was expecting. This is Reb Chaim's son. This is Reb Chaim's son. You imagine what Reb Chaim is. Reb Chaim is somebody that's able to see he's able to see everything. So he walks into the room by the Siam. And all of a sudden, my hadron seems a little shallow. And it seems a little hollow. You have a person that has his kula every single year, who has eyes that's able to see right through you. Every one of your amachei varmin shasagidim are exposed to Rebchayim. And here I am making my hadron with my, with my potato chips and soda. And I'm saying hadron, and my, my heart is thumping. Because I understand that while my lips are saying my heart knows how deficient this declaration is how shallow it is how hollow it is because I know in my heart of hearts that it's not a real seum that I don't know it as well as I should and could know it parenthetically this isn't to say that if you don't know something really well, you shouldn't make a siyam. Rav Shlomo Arabach, I saw in a sefer, he says that really nobody could ever make a siyam by that, if you set the bar so high, because it's Arukamer, it's Midal, Taira is so deep that if you live a thousand years, he writes, you still wouldn't be able to make a siyam. He says, the hadron isn't that I know the Masechta, I mastered the Masechta, and, uh, and, and I'm prepared to be tested on the all it means is, is that you are zeichet to learn the words of the Masechta. He brings from Yaakov Emden that in Shemaim, if you finish a Masechta and you learned it, even superficially, you'll be zeichet to understand it in the Eilam Ha'emes. So that itself is a big simcha. It's not to say that I know it cold and I'm like, I'm a master of this Masechta. So don't let me scare you off from making a siyam. You should make a siyam. It's a big schos. It's a beginning to make a siyam. But if Reb Chaim Kanievsky is sitting at my seum, I'm nervous. I lack the bravado that I had the second before he walked in. And as much as my lips are saying Hadron Allah, my heart is like, it's terrified. 
of the reality of how shallow this hadron really is. And I think that that's really a very apt muscle for what a person does when he comes to the Beis HaMikdash. If Reb Chaim Kanievsky could do that to me, imagine what standing in the Beis HaMikdash with the Kaihanim and the Levim and with the Shechina right in front of my face. I'm standing in front of the Rabbeinu Shalom. Kisachala at the siyam that I'm making at the end of the three-year cycle of Maisris. And I'm saying before God that I'm perfect. I'm saying before the Kol Yochel. I'm saying before the Eidea Ta'aluma, it's the person, the being that knows everything inside of me, that really understands. He's the Beichin Kloyez Valev. He's the one that tests what's in my heart, what's in my kidneys, what's in my kishkes, what's in my mind, what's in my heart. He knows everything. Everything is exposed to him. And here I come in with my swagger, with my gaiva, and it might have worked telling all your friends on the way to the base of Mekdash, yeah, I'm about to make a, a siyam. I'm making a siyam on my maestress. I took everything properly, really. Yeah, I was samachti, v'simachti, acherem. I made other people happy. I was happy myself. I didn't forget a single thing. I did it in the right order. I did the maeserishim before the maeser sheni. I did the maeser sheni before this. And I, did, I didn't do bikurim until after this and before that. I did everything in the perfect order. Asisi kachal asher Really? You could tell that to your mom... You could tell it to your Chavrusa, but when you get before the Rabbeinu Shalom, when you're you're standing now before God, and you're saying, I was genuinely happy to give Misa, really you were? When you gave thousands and thousands of dollars of precious fruit to the Levi, you were happy? Really? Are you prepared to put a, a lie detector Band on yourself and say that? When you gave it to the Ani, the Miser, the fruits, all that precious produce, you gave to Ani and you gave to Yisayim Malmanis, were you really, really happy to give it or you had to do it? Did you do everything perfectly by the letter of the law? You sure you didn't miss something? You sure you didn't forget to give some ice? You sure you didn't use it for a purpose that was not exactly perfect? Are you sure about that? I was sure outside the base of Mikdash because there I was talking to my friends, my family, people that didn't know really what was going on in my mind, in my heart. But now I stand before the Rabbi Nishleilam and they give me this formula to say, "This here's your, here's your Vidoy Meiser. Go ahead, say it. And suddenly the siyam isn't so much fun. And I'm saying it. But do you know that when I'm saying the words that I'm supposed to be reading, and I'm thinking, maybe there's something still in the refrigerator that I forgot. Maybe I wasn't mevar everything yet. Did I really do it properly? Did I do it with a full heart? 
Was I really happy to do it? Did I give it enough? Maybe I cheaped out a little bit. Maybe I gave him the shvacha peris. Maybe I didn't do it the right way. And my mind and my heart going crazy. As I'm saying this formula that they give me to say, I'm saying a hadron and I have Reb Chaim Kanievsky sitting in front of me. I'm terrified. I'm petrified. There's no simcha here. So my lips are uttering something, but my heart is pumping. My heart, my blood pressure is, is going up. It's going through the roof. I did everything that you asked. And I'm thinking to myself, oh my God, how, how am I, what am I doing here? How could I say this before the Rabbi Nishayim? How dare I say this before the Kol Am I really prepared to be standing here and making such a declaration of fact? My heart is, 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 is really, really guilt-ridden about the words that are coming out of my mouth. I think that's why, parenthetically, the bracha is such a funny bracha. The bakasha at the end. What kind of bracha is that? Look down from your heavenly abode and give a bracha. What, what, where did you find that Russian from? I think that that's like, that's the natural thing. Like, okay, don't look at me so closely. Don't examine me up close. Because I'm not really ready to be so exposed before you. Look down from Shemayim. But I can't take the glare, I can't take the lights on, on me because it's too scary for me. I tried my best. I don't know if I can really say from a distance I look good, but from up close, it's not so pretty. And in my heart of hearts, I don't know anymore really where I'm holding and what I'm what I really am proclaiming. And I believe that that is the ultimate form of vidui. There is no greater vidui than this. Is there any greater vidui than your heart? Vidui, by definition, Rabbi say, is not a verbal declaration of guilt. Say whatever you want coming out of your mouth. The main vidui is the contrition that you feel in your heart. You have to feel guilt-ridden. You have to feel contrite. You have to feel that you did something that was not right in your heart. We live in such a superficial society, so everything is, whatever I say, what do I say? What do I think? That's none of your business. I could think whatever I want. It's America. It's a free country. All that matters in this world is the show that I'm able to put on, how I come across and what I'm able to claim. What's in my heart? Irrelevant. When you're standing before the Rabbi Shalom, the main thing that the Rabbi Shalom wants is what's in your heart. Rachmana liba boy. That's vidui. Vidui is not saying something 
And I confess before you, and you're, you're, you know, you're clapping your, your chest. And that's vidui. That's not vidui. That's a show. That's what we do every single day. Watch, you know, yourself. Forget it. I was going to say, look at other people. Like they're, they're looking at their watch. They're going like this. A lot of times on Shabbos, all of a sudden we catch ourselves, you know, we forgot that it's Shabbos, and, we're, and all of a sudden, like, you know, we're, we're looking around to see if anyone noticed that we were clapping Slachlanu by Shemana Esrei, like by Musaf on Shabbos. That's the way our definition of Vidoy, the way that we're, all we do is, it's lip service. We basically go, and we have this formula to say, and it's all true, we were, you know, we, we, we violated all the, all the rules of the book, we did a lot of bad stuff this year, and we're clapping al and that's it. You know what the Chavetz Chaim says? He says, it's a funny minig that us Jews have, that we take our fist and we bang our heart. He says, you know what you should be doing? He says, instead of your hand banging your, your heart, your heart should be banging you. It's not an external act like, you know, like a monkey, like we're going like this for, you know, for 10 minutes, seven, 10 times a day on Yom Kippur and we get a mechila. HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't care as much as what comes out of our mouth as the palpitations of the heart. That feeling of remorse, of regret, of guilt in the heart. That's vidui. Yom Kippur... Slichas, all this viduyim that we're going to be saying starting Matzai Shabbos, we look at that. That's the template of vidui, and we have the question: How is vidui meiser? How does that like compare to the model of vidui that we know it of our vidui on Rashoni on, on Yom Kippur on Slichas? That's the real vidui and vidui meiser. That's like a funny vidui. That's like a weird vidui. That's a vidui of perfection. No, 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 no. You know what the real vidui is? The greatest vidui, the template, the profile, the model vidui is vidui meiser. You know why? Because whatever you say out of your lips is not nearly as important as what's in your heart. It's the one true time that we're able to see the heart pumping, whatever your lips are saying. Because when you say something that's so questionable... Now your heart starts feeling a little guilty. When you say something that's very true, like we do on Yom Kippur, these are all true things. So we think, okay, I don't have to feel bad because my lips are uttering truth. I talk, uh, you know, looked at bad stuff during the year. Let's give a clap for that. Let's give like a little ovation for that. I, I did, uh, you know, I spoke Lashonara. Yep, I agree. And we, we know it's true. So maybe our heart doesn't have to be part of this because our mouth is saying it. Our, we're good. Do you understand that that's the worst Avera that we could do? We're standing before the Rabbeinu Shalom on Rosh Hashanah, on Yom Kippur, Slichas, these are days that the Melech is Basada, we know. The Rabbeinu Shalom is here. His eyes, Kavayachal, penetrate through everything. We're standing before him, and we're just clapping like this, Al-Chet, Al-Chet, Al-Chet. And our heart is not into it. Our heart feels no contrition, it feels no guilt, but we feel like this is all we have to do. We read the formula, and we're good. We got mechila slicha kapar, it's gewaldik. Vidoy meiser, 
teaches you that it's what's in the heart that counts. Whatever you say is important. Obviously, the mitzvah is with your path. You have to be mitzvah de according to most Rishayim. If you just have it in heart, it, it, it works a little bit, but it doesn't really do the full mitzvah. It's not accomplished. But if you just do lip service and you don't have any guilt and you don't really feel in your heart remorse and charata, as Rabbi Yaina says so beautifully, nobody puts it better than Rabbi Yaina in the beginning of Shari Tshuva. Masisi! The charata, you should, what did I do? What was I thinking? What was I thinking? What was going through my mind exactly when I rebelled against the Rabbi with my Lashon Hara, with my Rechilas, with my Nivol Peh, with my lack of Shmir Sainayim, with my Hirhurim, with my Zulzul Hayrim Umayrim? What was I thinking exactly? Mel Sisi, the eternal words of Rabbi Yaina. A person has to like go crazy grappling with himself, with his heart. How could I have done this? We have to leave all our superficiality at the door now before we come into the It doesn't work. We could fool the world every day we do it, but we know in our heart of hearts how we fall short of what the Rabbi Islam expects from us. That's vidui. Vidoy Meiser is the right Vidoy. Because we shed all of our superficiality at Vidoy Meiser because what we're saying is so questionable and it's before the Rabbi Shalom that our heart is pumping and that's what Vidoy is. Vidoy is a confession of the heart. You know, there's a, a, one of the Vidoyim and it's one of the ones that we just fly through. You know, I think we get like the first one, maybe Yom Kippur night, we do a good vidu, and then by then it's like, all right, we did it already, let's just get through this. One of the viduyim, al-chet shechatanu lefanecha bevidoy peh. What does that mean? You know what that means? It means that I sin before you right now. I'm sinning before it's in the Lashon Haiveh. Al-chet shechatanu lefanecha bevidoy peh. It's now! As I'm clapping like a, like a monkey, I have no contrition, I have no guilt, it's pure lip service, it's pure breastfeeding, it has absolutely no deep, penetrating, emotional response from me. You can put a pulse, take a, you know, a stethoscope, it's no different before the video started than now. It's completely a show. And I might put the towels over my head and I might be crying and have tissues. But if you're not feeling it in your heart, if you don't really feel inside of your heart that I want to change, that this is no good, I have to do something a little different. I have to, I'm sorry, Ashim, I see that you see, you know what I'm going through. You know that everything that I'm saying here is a thousand percent true. Even if I fool the world, even if everybody thinks I'm a tzaddik, I know what I am in my heart of hearts. If you don't reach that bar, then you have not accomplished the mitzvah of Yidu. You have not really done tshuva. And I didn't make that up. The Rambam, who says that the mitzvah saseh of tshuva is really Vidu, he defines the whole mitzvah of tshuva as really Vidu. He says in Parak Beis, Halacha Gimel, Kol bidvarim. If you just 
have lip service. You just read the formula in the Machsayrim. But you didn't really, in your heart, it didn't go beyond the mouth. It didn't go into your mouth. It just stayed by the lips, but it didn't go into the heart. You didn't decide firmly to not do it again, to abandon that way of life. Famous Rambam. It's like going to the mikvah and you're holding a sheretz in your hand. Is there a crazier, foolish thing to do? You just paid $10 an Arab Yom Kippur to go to the mikvah. Okay, they gave you the towel and a little bar of soap and you go in, but like when no one's looking, you have like a little, a little reptile in your hand. Who, who are you fooling? You're fooling God, you're fooling the mikvah person, like who are you fooling? It's, it's stupid. You'll pardon my French. It's stupid. You're being taivel v'sheretz biyaday. What are you accomplishing? The greatest mashal that I could come up with of taivel v'sheretz biyaday, if you didn't like that mashal, is something that happened in real life. When my kids were young, my kids know that everything that they do in, their ha- in the house is subject to a musr shmuz. They will be mentioned in my shmuz. They need therapy, but they will be mentioned in my shmuz. So I, when, I, when my, one of my daughters was young, I used to brush her teeth. I used to brush my kids' teeth because they needed to be brushed. So, so by bedtime, I would go and I would, uh, you know, hold her chin and like... And one time I was doing it really hard, and all of a sudden, something red fell on the bathroom floor. I thought I knocked her tongue out. I didn't. But I thought I did. And then I looked on, what is that? She was sucking a candy, a red sucking candy, while I was brushing her teeth. That is the best muscle of Taival Basharis Bild. I'm brushing your teeth for the purpose of you not having cavities, for the purpose of you not going to sleep at night with bacteria creeping all over your mouth. So you don't have to go to the dentist and cost me a lot of money. And you're sucking a candy while I'm brushing your teeth? That is taivel v'sheretz biyadeh. Plain and simple. It's taivel v'sheretz biyadeh. That's what we're doing. As funny as that sounds, we do it every year. We get our machzairim. If you're married, you get your kittel together. You have your talis. And you have your apple and your honey. You're already fresh with honey and pepper. But you're sucking your candy while you're trying to brush your teeth. You do this external act of chewing. We all do it. Ashamnu, bagadnu, gazalnu. We just want to get through it. When, when, when's the kakish cake coming out of Matsayim Kippur? We're just waiting for that kakish cake on Matsayim Kippur. We have to get through this. We have to read what says in the Mass. We have to sing where we sing. We have to clap where we clap. We have to hear a shaifer, we hear the shaifer. Let's get through this. But I don't want to really change. That's taivel v'sheretz biyadeh. That's a vidoy b'peh without any lave. And that's basically a big zero. It's a net zero. You've done nothing. Return your machzairim to the svarim store. Hang up your kittel because you basically have not really accomplished what 
Rosh Hashanah Kippur is all about. Rosh Hashanah Kippur is not a day of singing and it's not a day of speaking. It's a day of thinking and it's a day of introspection, which means thinking internally first for a change. Having our heart be naikef naikef libi naikef bekirbi is a lashon that you find in Svarim. My heart is like banging internally. That's vidui. If you could accomplish that, you don't know how valuable an activity you just performed. That is vidui. Vidui is not what we... The question was only a question about vidui meiser because we have it all wrong about what vidui really is. We think vidui is saying, I'm bad, I'm bad, I'm bad, and that's confession. That's not confession. Confession means that in my heart, I'm bothered. I'm disturbed to my core about what has occurred, what has happened. Vidui meiser is the perfect form of vidui because here I am claiming I'm perfect, but I know that I'm not. That's vidui. So how do we do it? Now that we understand that we need to do it, how do we do it? And there's only one answer. If we understood what we are doing when we're saying each and every vidui, we would do it right. Because every vidui, if you check every box, it's like, you know, when you have a your email accounts and you have all these emails and you want to, you know, delete it. So you have to click every box until there's a check in it and then you press the, you know, the garbage can and then it's sort of deleted. It's really not, but you think it's deleted at least. That's what Vida really is. Vida is you got to click every box and if you did it right, it's really deleted, which is an amazing thing. Could you imagine having a clean record could you imagine going up to Shamayim and not being held accountable for all the Lashon Hara that we've said, for all of the, the Zilzal Hara for all of the things that we do wrong with our ears, with our eyes, with our mouth, with our feet, with our hands, the Ben Adam Lamakim that we have transgressed, Ben Adam that we've transgressed. Could you imagine going up to Shamayim after 120 years and not having to face the music and when you come up there they say there's big posters could you imagine that? that could happen but we have to check every box and really judge ourselves by how deep we feel the remorse how did I do this? And when we have the right charata, and like the Rambam says, you know what the bar is for tshuva? How do you know if the tshuva works? Who's testifying that the tshuva works? I mean, I look good. I speak well. Look, I'm giving a nice drush here. How do I know that I did tshuva? How do I know that my tshuva really was efficient, that it helped, that it worked? Who's judging me? Am I, is there like a, a, like a table of judges and say, he cried, he, he davened really nicely. He really cried by the right places. The Rambam says, until he, with a capital H, 
who knows our most deepest secrets, if the Rabbeinu Shalom can attest to the fact that we mean it, that we're sincere, that's tshuva. Then you get mechila, slicha, v'chapara. If you can't meet that criteria, if you fool the world, but the Yedea Talumas knows that you're faking and that you're not legitimately remorseful, you're not contrite, that you're going to do it again and you know it and you want to do it again, you just have to get through this davening already. That's not good. It's not good. So the greatest motivation for the proper vidoy believe is understanding that only with my heart am I going to be able to really scrub scrub out all of that Avera to the, to the core so that it's never going to appear on my record. There's no greater motivation than that. If we're able to think before we start our slichas, before we start the opportunity that is before us, what we need to do, and think before every vidoy, I'm so, I wish I hadn't done this. Right now, would I do it again? Yes or no? You have an opportunity on Yom Kippur, let's say, to speak Lashonara. Are you going to do it or not? No. Will you do it? Eventually in the year? Probably. But at this moment in time, do I sincerely want to repent before Hashem and tell HaKadosh Baruch I do not want to come back to that Avera again? Yes. If it's a yes, and you feel it to your core, that's Tshuva Gemur. Aye, but I'm going to slip up. Don't worry about it. Don't be so from. Don't worry about the rest of the year. Worry about right now. Right now, ask yourself that question. Am I going to, to do this right now? Onion Kipper? No. Do you want to do it throughout the year? No. So you have Aziva Sachat? You have Charata, sincere Charata, that you did it? Yes. Vidu, yes. That's Tshuva. Very simple. Plain and simple. Chavetz Chaim is like, Tshuva is a very easy thing. It's not complicated at all. You have Aziva Sachet, you have Charata, you have Vidui Bepeh, Mazel Tov, Tshuva. But the Vidui Bepeh is not the Vidui Bepeh that we think it is. It's not just a, an empty, hollow, shallow lip service and get through it and you're done. One by one, you have to take out your proverbial scrub, scrub brush sandpaper, call it what you want, and you got to start working on your heart and making sure that one by one the Avers are cleansed. And then you have your Vidui. That's Vidui. Talmud of mine bought me as a present this week um, a Sefer on Elul and, uh, and Yom Nairam. And I was looking through it and I found this question that we started with today. How is this vidui? How is this vidui? Vidui meiser. What kind of vidui is this? It's, not, it's perfection. It's not, it's not confession. And he brings down in this sefer from a Hasidic Rebbe, Reb Shleimah mi Kaidenav. He brings down a Hasidic Shavar, but it's gorgeous. And it's not a... It's not... To take away from my vart, I think it enhances my vart. You know what he says? Listen to this vart, it's gorgeous. 
What are you saying in the Vidui? In this Vidui Meiser? Vidui Meiser, you're coming in. And you know what you're saying? You know what your real Vidui is, he says? He says, person's not saying, He's saying, he's saying something altogether different. He says that the person is saying, The confession was, I ate it. I think I might have eaten it in a state of aninus. But it says in the Torah, so which one is it? So you know what he says? You're saying achalti You're giving a confession like we understand confession. You're saying I did something bad, but you meant it. And all of a sudden, like a baskel comes down and says, It never happened because you did tshuva. You had a vidui, and I'm adding a word lay. Because that's how I look at it. The Rabbi from HaKadosh Baruch perspective, it's Say the word lie because it's lie. I did my maestros in a state of Tumai. I don't know if I was tar when I did it. Say lie right now because you didn't. I, but maybe you did. But now that you did shuva, now that you felt the remorse, it never happened. You might as well say because as far as I'm concerned it never happened. Is that a gorgeous vart? And he says that we say in our vidui I was a I battled every day I came late for Seder. I miss Shear. And you know what? There's a Baskal that comes down and says, You didn't. Stop saying that. Because when you feel sincere remorse, everything changes. When you're misvadeh properly, you become a tzadik gomer. Not only do you become a tzadik gomer, but the Gemara says if you do tshuva me'ava, your zdainais are nasis kizachiais. All of the averis that you did, your lashinara becomes like a big mitzvah. Your bitul tayra becomes as if you learn tayra. Your zilzul harimamarim becomes like as if you were machabed, your parents like the biggest tzaddik in the world. You could turn everything around with vidui. According to some mefarshim, that's why we sing vidui. I don't think Svardim sing Bidu, if I'm not mistaken. But Ashkenazi, I have a friend that was, when I grew up, when I was a, a Bacher, I had a very close friend that was a Svardish Bacher. And he davened in a Ashkenaz minion for the first time, and he says, I don't know what you guys are doing, he told me. He says, by us, we're crying by Ashamnu. You guys, ah, yeah, It's like a, a party. What's going on with you, Ashkenazim? You're singing Vidui? Hashamnu, Bagadnu. And you know what the Mepharshim say? You're right. It's, it's, it's weird. But it's true. You sing Vidu. You know why? Because when you do Vidu, right, when it goes into the heart, you're getting mitzvahs. 
You're becoming like a billionaire with mitzvahs every single vidur that you do. Ashamnu? Le'ashamta. Whatever you say, if you feel it in your heart, the Rabbani Shalom is machriz on you. Uh-uh, you're wrong. You're a tzaddik. Stop saying that. No, no, no. I, I spoke Lashon You didn't speak Lashon I looked at things I wasn't supposed to, and I, I feel terrible. You didn't. You say lie. Say lie right now, because that's the truth. We look at it as if you didn't do it. That's the beauty of Vidui. But it has to be on one tonight. It has to be like Vidui Meiser. It has to be not so much focus on the words that you're saying as much as the feelings in your heart. You have to get a pulse. You have to feel a little bit of regret in here. Get your heart thumping a little bit in guilt, contrition, regret. How did I do that? What was I thinking? How, if you're thinking that way, wow. That's, uh, that's Slichas. That's Yom Kippur. And you will hear the Rabbi Shalom singing with you. Salachti Kidvarecha, whatever you're saying, I give you Slicha Mechila Kapara. You are perfect. You are perfect in my eyes. That's the Yisait of Vidui. This is, I think, a very important Hakdama to the Emea Slichas. Sunday we're starting Slichas. It's hard. You have to wake up early. But it's an opportunity that you can't buy in, in this life. There's, no, there's nothing greater than Vidur. There's nothing greater than standing before the Rabbi Nisham, understanding that he's looking right through you with those, with such a hashkifa, with such a hashkafa of, of truth and love combined. And he wants to bench us he wants to give us that bracha. All we need to do is simply be real before him. Not just speak the words of the machzer, but feel the words of the machzer. Feel the rhythm of the machzer. Get into it. Concentrate just on those viduyim. Make sure that all every single box is checked so that the delete button can be pressed at the end and you could understand that you're cleansed. Mitzvah Hashem, we should be zeicha to Yimei HaSlicha and the Yom Neiram should be beautiful. It should be real, it should be true, it should be genuine. And Mitzvah Hashem, we should be zeicha to all the brachas and Mitzvah Batayra and the greatest of all brachas, which is being able to stand before the Rabbi Nishleilam clean and pure and say Takarish Parchua Sisi Kachal Asher Tzivisani. Have a good chance.